Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you, encourages you, and brings you closer to Jesus. Well, good morning, Journey. How are y'all doing this morning? Good. Well, my name is Caleb Meeks. I'm the online and groups pastor here at Journey, and I'm joined with one of my new best friends and Will Riddle. He's our Next Steps pastor, and we're glad to be here with you today. Uh, we are in a series called Habits as we start this new year, and we've been talking about just great habits to have in our life, and what they really are are just small disciplines that have really big results. Small disciplines over time that become habits, and they have really big results in our life. And really what I want to do is I want to pick up with where we left off last week. And if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to go to our website and watch last week's message because Pastor Bobby did a phenomenal job of just laying out what it looks like to be part of the church. As a believer, as the body of Christ, our responsibility to be good influences on people and, and to be a positive role model and really to be a light in this and then really this dark world and this dark season that we are in. And that's really where we want to pick up with where we left off last week. So today what I want to talk about is really gathering, influencing, and loving people. That's what we talked about last week, and we're going to kind of continue that this week and really the best way for us to do that. So there's a guy by the name of Martin Luther King Jr. Anybody ever know who that is? We kind of kind of celebrate him tomorrow, like some of you may even have tomorrow off work. But yes, I think he... Yes, yes we do. Yes, we, we get work. to celebrate his life tomorrow because yes, of do. that. No alarm clock. No, well, I have alarm, I have a son not to wake up. He'll wake me up, so I have a real alarm clock. That's true. And a son, so I don't have to set one though. Good point, valid point. <laughs> but Martin Luther King Jr. It was someone who I think epitomized what we talked about last week and what we're talking about today. He was someone who loved people, cared for people, and really saw the value of unity and community. He was, he was a Baptist pastor, and he was a civil rights leader, and, and most of us know part of his story, and, and, and most of us realize that he was an influential character really in the world and really playing, still playing a role to this day. But he said something that I think is very important and kind of launches us into this discussion today. He says this. He says that our goal is to create a beloved community, and this will require two things, a qualitative change in our souls, which means it's a really big word, meaning a very quality, high quality change in our souls, as well as a quantitative change in our lives. Meaning basically, when we have a really high quality change, a high quality habit in our lives, it's going to have a result and it's going to have quantity. It's going to be many things that are going to come out of that. That's where that small discipline, big results comes from. And he kind of epitomizes the idea of unity and community, and what happens when we have good habits in our lives. Now, who in here grew up in, I would say, maybe a more traditional church where hymns were a little more prevalent? Anybody grew up where hymns were a little bit more prevalent? Well, there's a hymn that I want to talk about for just a minute, and really, hymns are just rich with lyrics and truth and straight from Scripture a lot of times of just songs that declare really great qualities. Only if it was the Redback hymnal, though. It had to be Redback. It said Baptist hymnal on the front that's of it. Right. That's right. Redback. The only, that's the one Jesus used, right? That's the one. Okay. The blood of sure. Jesus. Redback hymnal. But there is a hymn. <laughs> we're going to do this a lot today. I'm just letting you know. Like We're going to have some fun, okay? So... <laughs> We're going to have fun today, but there's a hymn called The Tie That Binds. Anybody ever heard The Tie That Binds? It's not the most well-known hymn Bless in the world. Will's going to sing it. He's a worship leader, so no, I'm just kidding. Well, not today. Not today. But there's a hymn called The Tie That Binds, and here's the story behind it. In the 18th century, in the town of Hedgeman Bridge, which is in West Yorkshire, England, 
a man by the name of John Fawcett. He was the pastor of a small rural Baptist church. It was called Waynesgate Baptist Church. And it was a very small, poor congregation, to be honest. It's kind of like in, in, our, in our context, it'd be like a really rural church in the middle of just the boondocks that there's maybe, you know, 40 people that go there and it's only family kind of thing. It's just really small. There's not a ton of money, but they just keep in community and love each other. And to be honest, this congregation hardly could even pay him a, a living minimum wage, but he loved these people. He was a talented and very dynamic speaker, and some people noticed that. He was eventually offered to be the pastor of a larger church in England. So he's going from a really small town to the opportunity to a really, really big church in England. It's, a, it's an opportunity that's hard to pass up. It's going to change his life from the, from the aspect of finances. It's going to change his life from the aspect of influence. So he ends up saying, yes, I will take this job. And they pack up all their things, him and his wife. They pack up all their suitcases, all their luggage, and they get ready to go. They put everything on a horse and buggy. And before they leave, some people from their church just came to tell them goodbye, to tell them farewell, we're going to miss you. And in this moment, during some tearful farewells, Mary Fawcett, his wife, said this, John, I cannot stand to say goodbye. And he thought for a moment and said, neither can I, and so we won't. This is our home. These are our people. Here we will stay. And in that moment, they unpacked all of their belongings, and, and John Fawcett ended up spending his entire 54-year ministry career at this one small church in this rural city in West Yorkshire, England. And years later, as he reflected on that decision that he made, he wrote these words that are in the hymn, The Tie That Binds. He says, Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. Blessed be the tie that binds, the thing that we have in common, unity, the idea of loving one another and caring for one another, the fellowship of kindred minds, the things that we think on together is like to that above. And we see this theme of unity and community, not only in those words, but we really see it in scripture. Yeah. We see it with God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the idea of the Trinity. They live in unity together. The angels in heaven are living in unity together with the Father and that's what John Fawcett is saying. He's saying that when we live together in unity and we live together in community, what we're really experiencing is not only God's will and God's plan, but we're experiencing true heaven on earth. Yeah, we see it all throughout Scripture, this, this reoccurring theme or recurring theme of, of community, of doing life together, of being, being in unity with one another. It's all throughout Scripture we see this. And we, we see that Jesus did not come to, to fight for separation. J J Jesus came to fight for unity, to bring people together. In fact, one of the things, especially as we're celebrating Martin Luther King Day tomorrow, one of the things that I think is so unique about Jesus is that where the world tells us that all of the things that make us different should be the things that separate us, Jesus came to show us and it, that 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 everything that makes us different should be the things that bring us together. Right. So there's unity in our diversity. And there's power in diversity. And that's, that's what I love so much about, about the teaching of Jesus and the fact of what we're celebrating tomorrow in Martin Luther King Day. And, and really, and as we look all throughout Scripture, we see this theme all throughout Scripture. And in, in Psalms chapter 133, verse 1, we, it, this, is, this is what the writer says. He says, Behold, how good and pleasant... It is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, 
on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. And now I know that doesn't sound all that pleasant to have just oil running down your head and on your beard and on your clothes. It just sounds like a mess, to be honest with you. I don't really know what that feels like, by the way. <laughs> you do. I don't. Yeah, I do. I do. I have a little beard. But that's regiment. an honorable thing in Scripture. It's an honorable thing in Scripture. So like whenever you, see, whenever you read about the oil being poured on someone, what the oil being poured on someone, it, rep- it represents God's anointing. It represents God's blessing. It represents his favor being. And so what scripture is teaching us is that whenever you and I decide to do life together, whenever you and I decide to do life in community, to be unified, scripture teaches us that God's blessing will be upon us, that his favor will rest on us. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, Peter says that finally all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 2, says, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And then whenever we look at the words of Jesus, this was Jesus' prayer for you and for I, for me, to be, to be unified. He says, he says this in John chapter 17, verse 21. He says that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. These are the words of Jesus. He's saying, the Father, in the same way that you and I are one, let, 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 let people be as one. And, here's the, and here's, the, here's, the, here's the benefit of that, is that whenever you and I make a decision that we're going to do life together, that we're going to be in community together, that we're going to be unified, Jesus says that whenever we do that, Everyone looking on us, looking at how we live our lives and how we love one another, they're going to believe in who Jesus is and why he came and the power that that exists within him to change your life. There's power in that. We see this all throughout Scripture, people coming together. Really, 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 that's really just the heart of the church. And whenever we look at Scripture, whenever we think about community within the church, where, like, where is it in Scripture that we see community at its best within the church? Yeah, so in, in the book of Acts, is, so you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, the four accounts of Jesus' life. And the very next book in the Bible is the book of Acts. And we're going to camp out here for just a few minutes because in the book of Acts chapter 2, we really see the beginning of the church. And we see how God intends for church to really function and for church to really happen. So just a little backstory to make sure we're all on the same page. Jesus has come to this earth. He's lived a perfect, sinless life. He was crucified on a cross. He died. He went to the grave. He rose again three days later. And then there's this period of time that he spent with his disciples. And basically what he's saying is, hey, everything I said was going to come true has come true. And here's what I need you to do. He ends it with, in Matthew chapter 28, we notice the great commissioner, the great command. He says, go and basically tell everyone you know about me. Go into all the world. Don't stop anywhere and tell people about me. And then eventually he goes up to heaven. And then the disciples, the 12, are left with this one task, to go and tell people the truth of the story that they have witnessed firsthand. And then we see in the book of Acts exactly what happens. And we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. It says this. So basically all these disciples are trying to figure out what are we going to do? And it says this. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. So they were already practicing this idea of community. It says, And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. So they're up in this house, and this really, really big roar of a, a rushing wind came in, and it filled the house. 
Verse 3 says, It divided tongues as a fire appeared to them, and it rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues, and other versions and other languages. So they all had one native language, but all of a sudden the Spirit comes on them, and they all start speaking in different languages. This is how God is going to advance his gospel to different people. It says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. In verse 5, it says, now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, these Jews. So basically there's these people dwelling in the same city that this event just happened. These are devout men from every nation under heaven. So you got to think in our context, you're looking at like New York, Atlanta, LA, people from all over the world, all different nationalities. They speak all different languages. They're all in this one town together. And at this sound, this crazy sound of wind, the multitude came together and they were bewildered. They were super confused about what was going on because each one all of a sudden was hearing them speak their own language. It's like for so long, all they heard was English and all of a sudden they started hearing Spanish and French and Portuguese, and Chinese, and Japanese. They all, they all started hearing their own language, and they were really confused because that is not supposed to happen because these are just common men. They don't know different languages. Uneducated. They're not bilingual, trilingual. They don't know other things. Out of nowhere, they start speaking their own native language. It says this in verse 7, and they were amazed and astonishing. Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans basically, hey, aren't they all from the same area? What is going on? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Now, if you've, ever, if you've never read through Scripture, I would encourage you to read through the Bible because there's some phenomenal stories and there's some great humor in it that God has for us. And one of my favorite stories is coming up right here. Acts chapter 2, verses 12 through 15. So all these people are really confused, like, what in the world is going on? And here's what some of them say. It says, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What in the world does this mean? Why are they speaking in different languages? But a few others were saying this, They are filled with new wine. In another version, your Bible may say they're drunk. So basically, they're like, hey, y'all are a bunch of drunk people right now. Like, what in the world are you talking about? Like, Crazy. like the moment that I tell Will that George is going to be Clemson the beginning part of next year. You're drunk. He's going to say, I'm drunk, and I'm crazy. Out of your mind. And then every Georgia fan says, we're going to win the national championship next you're year. You're drunk. Like we do you're out of your year. mind. We're drunk. So you have those moments where you're like, go Tigers. You are crazy. We'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> There's moments in life where we're like, you were drunk. Like, you are absolutely out of your mind what you're saying right now. <laughs> That's what they're saying. They're like, y'all are crazy. Y'all have just been drinking too much wine. You're making up and you're saying all these different languages. But then in verse 14, lonely old Peter stands up and he's like, let me just tell them what's going on. It says, but Peter, standing with the 11, standing with his disciples, they lifted, he lifted up his voice and he addressed them. He said, men of Judea, all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people, they're, they're not drunk. He says, as you suppose, it's only the third hour of the day, which means it's 9 a.m. He's like, it's way too early, to be, early to be drinking. It's 9 a.m. in the morning, and you think we're drunk? He's like, that is not the case at all. This it's is, just coffee. It's just coffee. Like, come on. Caffeinated. We're yeah. hyper. They're just super, super hyper on coffee. <laughs> He's like, they're not drunk, but here's what's really going on. And it says this in verse 40. He goes on, he explains, hey, you've heard about these stories of this man named Jesus. We experienced that he died and he rose from the grave. And we are here to tell you the story. And now we're telling you in your own language so you can understand. And it says this in verse 40. It says, and with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, continued to tell them the truth, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word, they were baptized, and there were added to that day 3,000 souls. So they went from a group of 11 who believed in Jesus to all of a sudden 3,000 people heard the gospel, the story of Jesus in their own native tongue, and they came to know Jesus. And this is where the church begins. This is where the church really starts to function the way that God wants it to function. It says this in verse 42. So the church has functioned. There's 3,000 people. They've been saved, and here's what happens. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. 
And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common, this idea of unity and community. And they were selling their possessions and belonging, and they were distributing them to all proceeds to all. And that was not out of obligation. That was just simply out of opportunity. Right. That was the idea of see and need, meet and need. They're like, hey, we all have this thing in common that we love this man named Jesus, and he's telling us to go love people in our world. Hey, we can put our resources together, and we can go, and we can help people. And then verse 46, it says, day by day, attending the temple, we talked about last week, not neglecting to gather together in the church. They gathered and they broke bread even in their homes, which means they ate some really good food. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. They simply saw there was something different about them. And people were like, I want in on that. Like these people have yeah. something going on. Like they're not just drunk, but they're living a life that I can't even experience. So I need to know what they're talking about. And their number grew day by day by day. And there's three things that really I want us to just to take a moment to point out in this passage of Scripture. There's a man by the name of Warren Wearsby. He writes these three things in his commentary of things that we can see when it comes to community in this passage. The first thing is that community unifies. Community brings us together. It says this in verse 44. It says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. So we see that community unifies. Community brings us together. We also see that community magnifies. It says in verse 47, the first part, that they were simply praising God. When we bring people together, we're doing what God wants us to do. We're going to point people closer to him. And then we see the community multiplies. We saw this multiple times. The community multiplies because in the second half of verse 47, it says, The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So we see that it unifies, it magnifies, and multiplies because God created us yeah. to really be in community. And what I think is really cool about, about that whenever the church began and the church began to do community with one another, what I love so much about, about the beginning of the church is you're hearing that, that they, they're added to their fellowship, those who are being saved just every single day. And the way that took place, it, it, it took place not because they were out on street corners preaching. The, it was literally just because of the way they did life together, the way they loved one another, one another the way they served one another. And people outside of faith, outside, people who did not follow Jesus, did not believe in the resurrection, they were looking in on, on these followers of Jesus, these community, this community of believers, and they're saying, you know what, I don't know if I can believe that a man died and came back to life, but would you look at the way they love each other? Would you look at the way they serve each other? I, I don't know if I believe everything they believe, but I, I really wish I had people in my life that loved me and served me that way. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go be a part of their community. And what happens is, is whenever they're, they're, they're enveloped into that, in, into that community and people are living lives that draw people in instead of pushing people away, and then you see God do exactly what God does and he changes the heart right. and, and he reveals truth to them. And so that's how it, it, it's, the church grew because people outside of faith looked at people of faith and said, the way they're doing life, I can't, I, I can't not be a part of that. Well, and I think that's, that's a reality check for a lot of us. Yeah. Is if we call ourselves believers part of the church, when people look at our lives, are they saying, oh, yeah, there is something different about them? Yeah. Like when they look at my social media account, do they say, you know what? There is something different about them. He's not saying these other things over here. Or when they hear the words that come out of my mouth, they're saying, you know, there's, there's things that he just doesn't say or things that he doesn't do. They see the people I hang out with on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, all throughout the week. They're saying, hey, 
there's something different about him. Yeah. And that's a reality check of like people came to know Jesus simply through seeing something different. And in today's world, are we putting on that same outward showing of like, hey, there's something different about these people. I want to be a part of what they're doing. So when you're in community with people, you realize there's a couple of things. One, community is going to make you better. Yeah. When you're doing life with people, community is going to make you better. Community is going to make you stronger as a person. And community is going to really make us one. And that's when people really see the difference when we become one together. Absolutely. Yep. It's just, and again, it's just, are you, and here, this is a question that we all need to ask ourselves. Am I living a life that draws people in or am I living a life that, that pushes people away? It's just, it's just, it's a great question for us to ask ourselves, just to, to give ourselves an assessment of the type of life that we're living. And one thing, when I talk to students quite often, I'll say, hey, if you're in your life, if someone follows you, they spend time with you, they listen to what you say, they listen to what you do, who you hang out with, are you taking people closer to or further from Jesus? Yeah. At the end of the day, if I follow you, I spend time with you, are you going to eventually get me closer to Jesus or are you going to take me further away from Jesus? And that's what they're saying right here is true Christians, true believers who are in community are going to get you closer to Jesus. And that's really what God intends to happen. And that's why the church did it in the beginning. But what does it look like 2,000 years later here in, in Evans, Georgia, really across the world, if you're watching online, how, how do we at Journey really exemplify these aspects? Yeah, you hear us talk about community all the time. We're talking about it today. And if you've spent any amount of time around Journey, you've heard us talk about groups. You've heard us talk about getting, getting connected to a group, being a part of a group, and really what we're talking about, we're, just, we're talking about small groups. Small groups of people that get together outside of Sunday, outside of a worship experience, outside of the four walls of this church, and honestly, just do life together. Just be in, be in one another's lives, investing in one another's lives. And we, we have several different forms of, of what small groups look like here at Journey. And one, of, one, of, one form of small groups that we have is, is what we call J groups. And it's not rocket science. It's, it's J for Journey. It's Journey groups is what it is. And, and it's just, and it, these, these are, we kind of consider these long-term groups where you get in a J group and you do life with these people for a long period of time, walking alongside of one another. And, and the groups, they, they look different depending on the group. Uh, some groups are men's groups, women's groups, uh, marriage groups. We've got young adults groups. And, and honestly, the format of the groups, it looks different depending on the group. Some groups get together and they actually walk through Bible studies together. And then you have groups that, that's like, that's like, our group, the group that we're actually starting uh, the first Wednesday in February. It's going to be a group where we get together on the first and the third Wednesday night of every month. And, you know, while our kids are at JSM. So if you're a parent and you got kids at JSM and you're looking for a way to get connected and you don't really know what to do for the two hours that your kids at JSM, come be a part of our group. We got something for you. And what we're going to do is we're going to get together around a table and we're going to eat dinner. Come on, somebody. You know you love food. Bible says break bread together. So we just just trying to be biblical is what we're trying to do. Biblical community. Biblical community means you eat together. And we're and, and honestly, and, and as far as and, and we're just going to talk about Pastor Bobby's message from that previous Sunday. That's what our J group's gonna look like. Really, really simple. And so like it's just it's just people that are committed to getting together and doing life with one another. And then we also have access groups, and access groups are more of a short-term group. You know, they kind of form together and they get together around a particular Bible study. And, and, and we really try to be intentional about the Bible studies that we offer because, you know, January, February, March, August, September, October, uh, each of those seasons, there, there are different felt needs. There are different needs that we're walking through. And we try to be really intentional about meeting the felt need of that season, simply meaning that, that whenever January rolls around, there are certain things that your mind is on. 
uh, like New Year's resolutions and creating new habits for a new year. It's why we did a series at the beginning of the year called Habits to help you shape some of those. Uh, also, whenever you get to the beginning of a brand new year, you're, a lot of people are thinking about their finances and their budgeting for the year and re- redoing their budget. And so to help with that, we offer, a, we offer a, a, a financial access group to help you take a look at your finances from a biblical perspective, just meeting the felt needs of a season. And then, and then we also, we also we child, we offer child care for those yep. to, to take that burden off of you as a parent. And then, and then another form of groups that we have is something that I think is really cool is, is what we call affinity groups. And these are just groups that gather together around a common interest or, or an activity. So it could, it, could be, it could be golfing, it could be cooking, it could be crocheting, it could be fishing. Whatever it is that you enjoy doing, get together with a group of men, a group of women, some couples. Just get together and do that together. I mean, like that, that, it's just that simple. Get together around a common, around a common activity. Or, or a common interest. Yeah, like we have we have one group that's just got started. It's a group I will never attend myself, or will probably not either. But it's a men's running group. Like that's no, not for me. No. Not going to happen. I'm not a no. runner. But they meet every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. at Patriots Park, and they go run together, and they do life together. They talk before, probably not during, because it's can't talk out during. Of rest, but they talk after See, as what, well. What? Hold on, hold on. Yeah, you can't do that. But it's a men's running group, and that's an affinity group. They just have something in common. And another group that I, I'm. Super excited to see how, the, how this goes. It's something new. But we have a group of ladies who say, hey, I want to read through the Bible this year, the entire Bible. And once a month, at least they're going to get together for lunch and just talk about what they've been reading and how they've been, what they've been learning from reading Scripture together. And it's just a common bond. That's what an affinity is. It's a common bond of people who want to do something together. I heard in between services, the guy's like, hey, a couple of us guys from church have been getting together, and we've been playing disc golf every other week. Can we start an affinity group? I'm That's like, a group. Absolutely. You're talking and you're doing life together. You're in community. It doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're together, as yeah. long as you're experiencing unity together. And ultimately, that's kind of the how. But ultimately, the most important question when it comes to anything is why. Why do this? Why should we even look at the biblical model of community, and why should we even try to implement it to our lives today? Well, what we really want people to understand is that, is that when, it comes to, when it comes to groups, access groups, J groups, affinity groups, you know, we want you to just not be confused. About, it's not just a Bible study. It's not just a, a mini church service. And, and a lot of people uh, hesitate to get involved in a group because they think that's what it is. That's, that's their impression of what it is. But it's, and, and while there, that is true, there's an aspect of that to what we do because we are a church and we always, want to be, uh, we always want to be just teaching biblical truth and helping one another learn how and understand how we can walk out the truth of Scripture in our lives. That, that is an aspect of what we do. But really, at the heart of it all, it's about something that's so much deeper than, than that. It's, it's honestly, at the heart of every group, it's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. And, and here's why that matters. It's because you need friends. Like, I need friends. Caleb needs friends. Like, we, we all need friends. Friends that we can do life together with. Friends that... Friends that I know and who know me. Friends that, that I can share my successes with. Friends that, that I can share with them the areas of my life that hurt. We need friends that, that, that know where I struggle. You need friends that know about the difficulties that, that, that you wrestle with. And James says it this way in chapter 5, verse 16. He says that confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. 
You see, we're, we're called to confess to one another. And notice in this context, James isn't talking about confessing your sins to God. He's talking about confessing one to another. And he says that whenever we do that, we find healing. You see, whenever we confess our sins to God, we, 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 which we need to do that as well, that's an important piece of our faith because whenever we confess our sins to God, we find, we find forgiveness, we find salvation. But James says whenever you make the decision to invest in relationships, when you make the decision to allow other people in and you, you confess and you confide and you share, James says in that you find healing. In that, you find, you find restoration. You see, you and I, we're called to share life together. We're called, God's plan for you and God's plan for me is that we would find healing from the wounds of our yesterday so that we can be set free today and beyond to live the life that he has created us to live, to live the life that he has called us to live, a life of meaning, a life of purpose, a life that goes beyond just ourselves. And, and what it takes to do that, it takes other people. You need a person or a group of people that you can share everything with. Now, I, I don't recommend that you, you tell everybody everything. In, in, in fact, I'll tell you, like, don't tell everybody everything. Like, just, just don't. But, but you, need, you need someone. You need a group of people that you know and who know you. So that... So that so that what's going on on the inside of you doesn't, doesn't eat you alive. Because we all, we all have things in our lives that, that we're trying to hold on to, right? We all have things in our lives that we're trying to hide. We all have secrets. And I say it this way, is that you will always be as sick as your secrets. You'll always be as sick as your secrets. You ever try to keep a secret and... And it's just this feeling and just a, just a pit in your stomach. It's like this weight that you carry, this burden that you carry. But the moment you get to release that, it's like you can breathe again. And like we, we all have secrets in our lives. And, and listen, we, we all have things in our lives that we're not proud of, things that we know need to improve. And listen, we all, and not just because they disappoint God, but, but like, tell me if I'm wrong, but they disappoint you as well, right? I've got things in my life that disappoint me about me and they need to improve. And the way that you are able to improve those things, the way you're able to move past those things to be everything that God's created you to be. It's all found in community. It's all found doing life with a group of people that you can be 100% real with. Just and share, and, and share life with just the, the good, the bad, the ugly of life. You know, there was, there was a moment, I, I've, I've shared this story, it was a couple years ago in a message, but uh, I'm going to stand up, and camera ops are going to have to move a little bit with me. I was but told I couldn't I know, stand I'm up. I'm breaking the rules. Sorry. I was told to stay seated. But there was a moment, it was a couple years ago, that I was playing golf with Pastor Bobby, and all day long, I could not hit the ball where I wanted to to save my life. I just kept hitting it left no matter what happened. And there was a moment where I literally turned to him and I said, hey, what am I doing wrong? And he simply yeah. said, Caleb, you're lined up wrong. You need to move over to the right a little bit. And it was in that moment that I realized like, hey, there's times in my life where I need to get a different person's perspective to help me diagnose my problem. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. Is like, there's a common moment in your life where you realize something's wrong. It's not going the way you want it to. And we have to confess and say, hey, 
I need help. Like, this is not lining up with where I want it to go. This is not doing what I, like, my life is not heading in the direction I wanted to head. Who can see something around me and help me change that? And that's exactly why we say this, is that life change really happens whenever we ask someone, hey, what's going on? Because to be honest with you, like, we spend enough time together that Will can realize, like, if my verbiage changes or I'm a little short-tempered one day at work or something, he may say, hey, everything okay? Like, is, is life at home okay? And I can say, you know what? It's just not, and it's making me frustrated, and I'm taking that out on, on other people accidentally. But because we do life together, his perspective can help diagnose that problem. And when, you, when you're willing to ask someone, you're willing to give out the secret of, like, hey, I'm struggling right now. Like, I'm not going the direction I want to go. They can give you that perspective to help you get over that, and that's ultimately why we want to be in community. And, and, and maybe you would take a look at your life and, rec- and say, you know what? I'm not really like struggling in any particular area. Life seems to be going pretty well and things are going well for me. I would tell you this. You need people in your life as well because let me sit alone in your success and watch pride eat you alive. Mm-hmm. Sit alone in your success and watch yourself fill up with arrogance to the point that nobody wants to be around you. You need people in your life that draw you towards humility. So we need community. We need, we need people to do life with no matter where we are in life, no matter what's going on in our life. And whenever we make the decision to, to allow other people into our life, the life change that is taking place because of, because of what Jesus has done, that life, to being together with people, life together, it, that's what sustains the life change. Life change is sustained through relationships. I, I say it this way, like m- many of you in this room, you have had, you have had your life changed through, through giving your life to Jesus. Jesus has come into your life and made a difference in your life, and your life has been changed as a result of that. Maybe it took place in a moment just like this, during, you know, at a church, in a worship experience, maybe here at Journey. And, and, and what, you, what we all need to embrace is this reality, is that, is that while life change can be founded in a moment, it cannot be grounded in that moment because that moment doesn't last. You need people to walk with you through life beyond this moment, beyond this worship service, beyond these four walls of the church as you head into your Monday and your Tuesday and your Wednesday. Life change is sustained through relationships. And whenever you make the decision to open yourself up to letting others in, and whenever you make the decision to invest yourself into other people, it's then and only then Do we begin to live the life that God has ultimately intended us to live, a life that goes beyond ourselves and makes an impact in the lives of everybody we come in contact with? And that's when you and I can live life to the fullest. You know, when when my joy group started uh, last year, we had a moment where we have two people, a couple who host our joy group, and they had committed to hosting this joy group a couple months in advance, and we were about to start this one week. And that week, a tragedy happened in their life where they, they had a miscarriage and she had to have a procedure done and they lost their first kid. And I remember being on the, on the phone call with, with that host home. I said, hey, like, we can postpone small group. Like, we don't have to do this this week. And what he said on that phone call stood out to me. He said, you know what? When we committed to leading or hosting this J group, God knew that these things were going to happen. We didn't know that, but God knew these things were going to happen. And he knew that we were going to need community in our lives to walk through life together in this moment. So, no, we're not going to delay. We're still going to start this week. Tomorrow night, we're still going to start. And we started. They hosted J group. They've been hosting ever since. And in fact, over the last years, we've been able to support them and love them. They're now actually taking a next step and leading our J group. Yeah. 
They're not just hosting, but they're leading our J group. But sometimes what happens is we allow life to become an excuse to not be a part of community. Mm. We use the excuse of, like, it's just not a good time. Like, I'm just so busy. But those are times where God's kind of tapping us on the shoulder and saying, hey, that's the time I need you in community because you don't know what path, what lies ahead in your path. Mm. I need you to get involved with people to do life with you because you're not, you don't know what I have for you to go through and to learn from and to grow from. But from that one conversation, we're just like, you know what? We're not going to allow this to be an excuse. God knew this was going to happen. We're going to get involved in community, and we've been able to walk with them through that. And that's exactly what we're saying is that life change is sustained through that relationship. And through that relationship, they have grown closer together. We've grown closer together as a group. And now them even being leaders is completely different and taking next steps simply because they got involved in community. Yeah. So when we talk about community, we talked about like what we do, the different forms of J groups, access groups, uh, affinity groups. Yeah. Uh, we talked about why it's important, why it matters, relationships, friendships. So now, like, so, like, so, so just practically, like, how can, how can people that are not yet in a group, how can they actually get connected to a group? Yeah, a, a very easy way. It's not the only way, but the, the best way to get involved is to come to an event coming up this Tuesday. Yeah. It's Tuesday night at 7 p.m. here at our Evans campus in Sherwood campus. We haven't forgot about you. We'll get to you in a minute. But here at Evans Campus, if you want to get involved in any sort of group, a J group, an access group, an affinity group, we have an event called Group Link. And there's really no other way to describe this except for like really awkward speed dating. I'm just going to be honest with you. If you've ever come to Group Link, you know what I'm talking about. I, I thought you were about to say if you've ever gone to speed dating, you know what well, I'm talking about. <laughs> that's a different series on relationships. But <laughs> if you've ever been to Group Link, it's really like awkward speed dating. So what happens is we have tables all in the atrium and we have leaders at those tables. And they can say, hey, we have a group that meets on Friday nights, and we're for, for couples who have kids already out of the house. Or, hey, we're a young professionals group. It's a bunch of people who graduated college. They just started working at singles. Or we have a college group or a women's group. Or a I'm going to be there representing my group. There. They eat really good, he said. Come but on, somebody. At these groups and at these tables, you can just go say, hey, like, I'm in that same life stage as you. Like, that time works really well. You live in the same area of town as me, and you get connected, or maybe it's our access group table, and you can say, hey, what kind of studies are you doing this coming semester? And we're going to have 10 different ones that we're going to do, four in January, four in February, and two in April. And it allows you just to get connected. Or maybe you are one of the, the men who's like, you know what? I enjoy running. I don't know why, but I enjoy running. And <laughs> I'm going to go join this men's group on Saturday night at, or Saturday morning at 8, 8 a.m. and just do life with, with, with people. Or maybe you're a young lady sitting here, and you're like, you know what? I just want to be around other ladies who have young kids. We have a group that's actually going to meet online. They're going to meet every other week and just talk about life with young kids and how, hey, what are you doing? How are you parenting? Things like that. Like, when do I turn the doorknob backwards and lock them in their room? Just how do I make them quiet? That's right. Stuff like that. So Daddy needs a nap. There is a group for everyone. And if there isn't a group for you, we're going to find some way for you to be in community. Even those of you online, we've had people who just zoom in all across the country and have a, have, have small group together. Or maybe, you, maybe you're watching from Houston, Texas, and you can say, hey, I'm in Houston. I watch Journey every week. Is there anybody else in my area? We can put it out there and say, hey, is there anybody else in, in this area? We have people who want to get together. We will do anything we can to get you into a group because we know the community is so important yeah. during the season of life. So this coming Tuesday at 7 o'clock, you can sign up on our What's Happening page at our website. Come and get involved in a group, a J group, an access group. Or maybe you get there and you're like, you know what? God's been tapping me on the shoulder to host a group. I just have a passion for hosting people, and that's yeah. just kind of a skill set I have. And there may be another couple who's like, hey, we can't really host the group, but I kind of have leadership. Like, that's a passion of mine, and we put you together. That happens all the time of a host home and leaders, and we put them together, and they have a group. So we will that's do exactly how our get group you connected. Is. Yeah, exactly. Because we live in North Augusta, but yet we come over here on Wednesday nights for JSM. So some friends of ours are hosting the group at their house. And so we, over in Evans. And so that's, that's how our group got started. Both of your last names are Riddle. So both of our last be, names are Riddle. We're not, not related, related. So it was meant to be it that It just way. meant to but be. No, the Lord's will. Tuesday. The Lord's will. That was bad. 
joke. Anyways, I love you, buddy. I love you too, man. So, hey, what does it look like at our Sherwood campus? So at Sherwood, yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, at our Sherwood campus, we, 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 want things, we want things to be the same at Evans and at, and at Sherwood. Uh, because we're not two different churches. We're just one church in two locations, so we do the same things. And so at Sherwood, uh, next week, actually, Caleb and I are going to be at Sherwood next week, and we are going to be available to speak with you, meet with you in the atrium following uh, next week's service, and we're going to talk to you about ways that you can get connected to access groups and J groups as a part of the Sherwood campus. So we'll see you down there at Sherwood next week. And for you guys here today, obviously we have uh, group link coming up on Tuesday night, but Caleb and I immediately following the service are going to be at the next steps area, right at the big wooden wall in the atrium. And we're going to be there to answer any questions, help you register for group link. We have a couple of computers there. We can utilize those to sign you up to be a part of group link uh, this Tuesday night, because we want to know that you're coming so that we can do a, the best job possible in hosting you uh, because it matters. And so we're going to be there to answer any of those questions and, and help you get connected that way. So stop by the Next Steps area, talk to us about our groups, about what we have to offer, uh, about if you feel led to lead a group. We want to talk to you about that as well. And, and really, and, and here's the bottom line as we, as we just kind of wrap things up today. This is Jesus' prayer for you and for me. This is, this is, this is his desire for, for you and for me. He says that he says, says that in the same way that I am one with my Father, it's my prayer that, that they would be one as well. And, and as they become one, everybody that sees them doing life together, everybody that sees the way they're living, the way they're loving, the way they're serving, the way they're showing compassion, it's going to draw them it's going to draw them into a relationship with God. They're going to know who I am, and they're going to know why I came, and they're going to know the power of having a relationship with me. We're called to do life together, church. We're called to, to, show, to share one another's burdens. We're called to be in unity. Therefore, it needs to be a priority for us. Well, I really can't afford to do that right now. You can't afford not to. And, and, I, and I know that we don't always see eye to eye on everything. But that's okay. We can still be heart to heart. And when we make the decision to come together in that way, we'll be headed in the same direction. We'll share one another's burdens. And we'll... And we'll be, we'll, be, we'll be a part of relationships that, that change our lives for a lifetime. Kind of the motto that I live my life with and under is, is just this, I, I sign my emails this way, I, I talk to our team about this all the time, is, is just this three-word phrase, just together we win. That's, that, 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 is, that, is, that is the motto that I live my life with, is that together we win. And it's, and it's all wrapped up in, in a verse of Scripture, a passage of Scripture. Acts chapter 4, verse 32 and 33. And it says this. It says, all the believers were united together, united in heart and mind. Meaning they were united in heart. Meaning they were united in what they were passionate about. The message of Jesus, the gospel, the life-changing power of the gospel. They were united in their passion for the gospel. And they were united in mind 
meaning that we know how we're going to accomplish what we're passionate about, meaning that we're going to do life together. We're going to be in community, and everybody that sees us is going to be drawn in because of the way that we love and the way we serve and the way we show compassion. All the believers are united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. And the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great blessing was upon them all. It says, whenever you make the decision, whenever you and I make the decision to open ourselves up to letting others in, whenever we make the decision to invest in other people's lives, we're united in heart and mind. It says that God's blessing will be on us. And that God's grace will be powerfully at work in all that we do. Amen. So this year, as we're, as we're still at the beginning of 2021, and we're determining who it is that we want to become, and based on who we want to become, we're putting some habits in place that will help us to be who we want to be. Why not determine today? Why not determine today that I'm going to stop shutting people out I'm going, to stop, I'm going to stop holding people off. I'm going to stop holding things in. and I'm going to invest in someone else, and I'm going to allow other people to invest in me, and we're going to do life together. Together, I'm going to make Caleb better, and Caleb's going to help me get better. And in the context of what we do, if, if, if I get better and Caleb gets better, that means our team gets better. If our team gets better, then the ministries that we oversee get better. If our ministries that we oversee get better, the church gets better. If the church gets better, the church grows and people's lives are changed for all eternity. Do you see how that works? I'm about to preach. I am excited and I am passionate about this. Because my life wasn't changed because some message that somebody preached to me. My life was changed because a friend in college just loved me in the middle of my mess. And he lived his life in such a way that I finally, three months in, had to say, what is different about you? And that's when he shared the gospel with me. And that's when I gave my life to Jesus. Let's determine today that this is going to be a year of connecting with other people, of doing life with other people, sharing one another's burdens. And whenever we make the commitment to do that, I promise you, I promise you, you can, you can take this to the bank. You will see God work in your life and through your life in ways that go beyond anything you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being our Father, for loving us like your children. Father, we thank you for your Son who you sent, who you gave to us, not just so that he could die, but so that he could show us how to live. And God, and, 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 and him living the life, living life the, way that, the way that he did, Father, all we saw was him drawing people in. All we saw was, was him gathering people, investing in people. Father, would you help us to be the same? God, would you help us to, to open our hearts up to let other people in. Father, would you help us to, to take the step towards investing in other people, 
Not so that we could be known or we could be made famous or so that Journey could, could be made famous, but Father, so that the name of Jesus would be lifted high. And so that lives within our city, within our state and beyond would be changed because of the message of the gospel. Father, we thank you for this time that we have together. And we pray, Father, that as we leave this place today, Father, that we would take what you've done in our lives in this moment. Take it, Father, and extend it beyond this moment, extend it beyond these walls. And may we take our, the life change that we've experienced here and share it with the people that we come in contact with tomorrow at work, at school, within our family. And Father, as we do that, we're excited to watch you work in ways that go beyond anything that we can wrap our mind and our hearts around. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Well, right now we're going to let Pastor Keith at our Sherwood campus close out their service, and I will be closing out here and online as well. And Will is going to be heading to our Next Steps area. So if you have any questions, Will is going to be over there, and I'll be joining him in a minute. But just a few next steps and reminders. First of all, this coming Tuesday is Group Link, the 19th at 7 p.m. in the atrium. You can sign up for our What's Happening page. We want to get you connected to a group because we truly believe that life is better together. And then the next Tuesday, the 26th at 6.30 p.m., our access groups start. We have four groups starting in January. We have a men's Bible study, a women's Bible study starting point, and also a study on money as well. So if you're interested in that, you can find more information on the What's Happening page or at Group Link as well. Another thing we can do as a next step and be part of a community is baptism. We have baptism coming up in February on Super Bowl Sunday. If you want to take a next step to be baptized, we would love to celebrate life change with you. You can sign up online and we will be in touch with more details as well. And then one last thing, we talked about what it looks like when biblical community and people put their resources together and how they can reach more people and advance really the dangerous message of Jesus and fulfill the vision of our church to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus. And the best way we can do that is through extravagant generosity. And maybe today you want to give as you leave. You can, if you're on a physical campus, we have giving stations located in the auditorium, atrium, and Journeyland lobbies. You can also give through your phone, through a mobile device. You can text JOURNEYCC to 77977. Or if you're watching online, you can simply give the, click the gift tab at the very top of your screen. But that's another way that we can experience community and do life together. We hope you have a great week. We'll see you next week at Journey. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or help taking your next step, email our team at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.